BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. American Giant makes the durable, comfortable spring closet staples you need for work, the gym, and even happy hour. Made in America. Designed to last a lifetime. Get 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com with code STAPLE20. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Six or Sense Podcast. I'm your host Lucas with my co-host here, Jonathan. Jonathan, it's the law of the NBA offseason, so we're probably not going to be on here that long, but that's okay because we're going to hit on some interesting topics, right? Yeah, I mean, okay, but the main topic. But before we begin though, Jonathan, I got to call you out here because we still don't have a fantasy football league and we need to be Chris. We can't let him hold this for another year. At this rate, we're going to have a four-person league, and everyone's going to have the best team ever. So um, I mean, look, I'm going to shoot, out, I'm gonna shoot Chris, out some I mean, DMs. If it, be, if, if it beats Chris, look, I'm all game. That would be insane. The amount that of would be insane. No, maybe we can invite Uriah. Maybe we can get some former Sixer Sense people on there too. Because I'll shoot some. I'll shoot some DMs. Yeah, that sounds good. All right, let's get into it. So the main thing we got to talk about here, Jonathan, is of course none other than James Harden, which has become yep. more of a headache than anything else at this point. Um, let's be clear. I think we both believe the best thing for James Harden to do for himself is to come back and play and not have an attitude about it, but it doesn't seem like that's going to happen. Um, based off his comments from the, our last podcast that we had, um, you know, James Harden called Darren Moore a liar based off those comment comments, the NBA investigated the, that comment. James Harden told the NBA that it was just, he made that comment because he was told that he was going to be traded quickly. So, was the NBA looking for more than that? Were they trying to see if there was any, you know, like, under-the-table wink-wink deals from last summer? Or do you think it was just based off of that? Oh, yeah. I think that's exactly what they were looking at. They brought it up on uh, SportsCenter, NBA Today. You remember that Josh Smith deal with the Minnesota Timberwolves? I do. Gosh, that, that that ruined KG's prime. It did. It ruined it. Dude, that was nuts. So, yeah, I mean, hope we were hoping that nothing was going to be like that. Um. But yeah, that's what they were looking for. And whether that happened or not, uh, like, because I totally think that that's still a possibility. Um, I don't think Harden would be protecting us now because he hates us. So I think this is the truth. But mm-hmm. if it's not the truth, uh, good job by James Harden not having us get more tampering uh, things and picks gone. So 
Um, the NBA was definitely looking for more. I'm glad they didn't find it, and hopefully this is the end, and it would stink to continue to lose draft picks. So I'm happy with it. What about you? What do you think? Uh, I mean, yeah, I think I think it's clear that they were looking for more, but I think at the end of the day, I don't think there was more. Because if there was more, then like James Harden would have, we would know a little bit more about what the Sixers were going to plan on offering James Harden this summer. We still don't, we still don't know what they were going to plan on offering. That has never came out. Yeah. So I'm really kind of curious what they were planning on offering. If it was like somewhere in that Kyrie deal, three year, a three year max. Yeah. Because I don't think that's unreasonable for James Harden. I mean, no, like, I, heard I, that. I, I mean, like I, I think it's a bit of an overpay, but three years is better than a four year max or five year max, right? So, you know, not unreasonable. Um, I had heard that too. I actually thought that wouldn't have been the worst thing in the world. So. I mean, like, would it have not been great? But no, but it would have been, would it have been, a, could you have swallowed that deal as a fan? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, definitely. But what did come out of this uh, investigation was James Harden getting $100,000 fine, which would be the equivalent of us having to probably pay a dime, um, which you noted properly that that is not the max fine the NBA can offer for stuff like this. So what were your thoughts? I believe the fine, the specific wording was something around implication of not reporting. And that's like, that's why he was getting so, fined. So. so I'm hearing different things, Jonathan. I'm okay. hearing different things. This was, they find him based from what I understand. They, the Sixers view this as a public trade request. The NBA sees this as a public trade request. Yeah. And that's not allowed. But the NBA did not find him a max one. And I think, and I list, I think it was Bobby Marks that said this. I could be wrong. Somebody from ESPN said this. But this fine does fit within the parameters of a um, more or less the um, public, you know, comments, uh, you know, not positive, you know, damaging the league. So that that I, it certainly falls within that. I think because this is never a good look for the league when you call a general manager a liar. But, you know, either way, you know, I think the NBA is covered there, which brings me to my next point, Jonathan. The NBA PA is fighting back on James Harden's behalf. They don't think it's fair. Do you think they actually have a case here? Or do you think they're just being petty or just taking the player side because they have to? Yeah, I they have to. I don't think there's a case. I don't truly care if there's a case, but like this has to happen anytime. Like when John Morant was getting in, like wild trouble they i'm pretty sure the nba pa was like whoa this is a little too far for suspensions like even when the player is definitely in the wrong this is what they do this is why this is the union set up to protect players rights and even when the players in the wrong they have to fight for it so i'm not sure if they have a case again who cares it's a hundred grand he's making 40 million dollars this year so like 37 million so uh 35 it does seem 35 okay we have to be accurate we are we are commentators here on the team we want to make sure we're the most accurate as we can be then let's get 35.7 i believe but yeah yeah Yeah. he um yeah it seems petty uh they have to do this this is like a literally i think a requirement in probably their like union clause so um i don't think he's gonna win i don't know do you think he has a chance Nah, I don't think you have a chance. Like I said, even if they don't, even if an arbitrator doesn't see this as a public trade request, this does follow fall within the parameters of you know comments detrimental to the league. So I think either way, the fine is going to stand. Now, terminology might be different as an outcome, but overall, I I don't see it going away. All right. So let me ask you this: It's not on the agenda, but 
with Harden, like after he said James Daryl Morey's a liar, he was asked on some radio or podcast if he thought it was beyond repair and said, I think so. And then he had a few more words, like basically saying that he, he doesn't think he'll come back. It's irreparable. But honestly, the way I heard that was like, I think so is a lot, lot less like definitive than Daryl Morey is a liar and I'll never be a part of an organization. Do you think this was like Harden realizing like, okay, like I truly can't sit out. Maybe I have to go back there. Maybe I should soften my stance a little bit. Or do you think like, or I don't know what kind of, why do you think he like maybe, maybe had a turn? I, well, I don't think he had a turn. I mean, Ramona Shelburne of ESPN reported multiple times that this, that this is only the beginning of uncomfortableness. Hopefully, but I will say this, James Harden, from we've had him for about a year and a half now. And one thing I can say about the, the uh, future Hall of Famer is that he seems to be very quick triggered with his emotions. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So so great. maybe like, you know, I, I think the liar thing was like a re, an emotional reaction. I mean, that happened within 24 hours of the team announcing that they weren't going to trade him. I think that that, you know, that's not that's, uh, you know, a level of, you know, I, I think James Harden, you know, as you get older, Jonathan, you know this. I know this because we're we're entering our, our 30s here. Oh, whoa, whoa, uh, whoa. I know. I know. I know. I'm calling us <laughs> out here. But like. As you get older, you don't necessarily you're more blunt about how you feel. You don't try to hide it. And I think that's certainly what's going on here with a 33 year old James Harden who's about to be 34. Um, but I also think that James Harden can has, has had a little bit of a cool down time. And maybe look, the, the bigger I think the biggest thing that we we're missing here and ESPN's mentioned this multiple times, people from there is that James Harden doesn't have a real agent, like a real powerhouse agent since, um, what's his name, left for the Lakers. Um, what's the Lakers GM's name? Polenka. Polenka, yeah. Hired, yeah, he hasn't he had, a, he has, had an agent. But he hired but an know, agent well, around Christmas time. Well, yeah, but it's not like a like a powerhouse agent. I, I, you know, one of those agents that can pull off the big deals. So I, I think, and part of it is James wants to save money, and good for him. He saved a lot of money doing that. You know, you don't have to pay, uh, you know, agent fees, all that stuff. But um, I think it's, you know, you you don't have somebody that is, you know, practical in the situation, talk, giving you the honest situation. I think he's listening a little bit too much to his friends, and I feel like most of his friends are yes men. And if if he had a real agent in there, I, I feel like this would have played out differently. I mean, if he had a real agent, they would be telling him literally no one wants you. Like, I think he yeah. just needs to get, like, the harsh reality pushed down his throat. And it's, like, it's okay. It's time. Like, I, yeah. I, I'm not here criticizing Harden's career. He, As you said, he's going to go to the Hall of Fame. He was one of, in my opinion, he was the biggest offensive threat in the history of the game for a year. Yeah. Two, like, so Three years, yeah. this is nothing against him at all. But, like, yeah. if he had an agent, it would be like, Dude, you're over the hill. It's okay. You've made three hundred plus million dollars in your career. You're making thirty-seven this year. You're not going to get that next payday. Maybe you'll get a hundred mil for three years, like you're saying. Maybe you'll get something, but like you need a reality check. And when you don't have a real agent, he's not getting that. He's sitting here being like, "I know what I'm worth. I know what I'm worth." It's like the market tells you what you're worth, and you're not even remotely in the wheelhouse. So I have a hot take here. While you were saying that, I have a hot take here. All right. Are you ready for this? 
So the only I team so. that that was interested in James Harden publicly, like actually making offers, was the Clippers, right? Mm-hmm. At this point in their respective careers, I do not think the talent gap is that big between James Harden and, and Russell Westbrook. That's the, my first option. Whoa, whoa! I mean, think about think about where I had James on the on my point guard list. He was thirteenth, and I'm pretty sure I had Russell Westbrook inside the top twenty. So there's that. I'll let, I'll let you keep going. So, so I'm gonna. That's my first part of this hot take. The second part of this hot take is. I based off of what I saw in the playoffs and the short, you know, time that we saw Westbrook on the Clippers, based off of what the Clippers need from their point guard, I, I think Westbrook's a better fit. The Clippers or the Sixers? Yeah. No, the Clippers. You think Westbrook's a better fit? For for that team and what they need, which is they need energy and they need a fast paced team to okay. play around. So I, I will think- say the First piece of your hot take, I disagree with, and I'll say why. The second okay. piece, I agree with. I okay. do. I don't think that's too much of a hot take. I actually think that Russell Westbrook is much better there. And we, you and I actually probably have never approached this topic, so I'm not sure if you know this, but Russell Westbrook is like top five all-time one of my favorite players. I okay. absolutely I, I did not love, know that. That's, I, that's cool, though. I absolutely love Russell Westbrook. I've loved this game since like early when he was uh, at UCLA, like coming to the Thunder. Like I just love the way he plays the game. Literally never cheats the game. That's the that's probably why I think he's so great. He okay. showed in the Lakers that he's on the decline, like bad. And yes, I get that's tough to play with LeBron. We've talked about how like if you're not a superstar or like at your peak or not a role player, that he doesn't really make you that much better. But I think Westbrook's only spot is in L.A. because I think he fits perfectly in the system. And I think Ty Lue is like one of the only coaches in the league right now that can get the best out of him. So I think if he's going to have any semblance of a career like in the next couple of years, I think he has to stay in L.A. But I think if you're asking like someone for the like next season, even just say next season. or But you could also say the next two. I think Harden is absolutely a better player that you want on your team. I think specifically to the Clippers, Westbrook is more valuable and, and they know his worth and he fits that system better. But I think Harden is the better player, clearly. But I understand what you're saying. So let me just put this this way. And I'm going to tell you the play. So let's say the last prime season for Westbrook was when he was with the Wizards, right? That's fair to say? Sure. Okay. In his playoff run with the Wizards, which they played against us, right, that one playoff series, Westbrook averaged 19 and almost 12 assists, right, and 10 rebounds, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. So, clearly, we know with the Clippers, he's probably not going to rebound as much or, you know, play make as much in the playoffs. But with the Clippers last year in five playoff games, you want to guess how much he averaged? Points or rebounds? Let's go points. Do you think it was more or less than 19? I, this is like so – it has to be over because you're asking, but I would say 100 times out of 100 that if you asked me that question without knowing, I'd say under. It, it is over. He averaged 20. That's crazy. Okay, so hear me out. So last playoffs with the Clippers, he averaged 23 points, seven uh, rebounds, and about seven and a half assists, right? Yeah. Um, he shot better – for the Clippers than he did the Wizards in the last two playoff appearances that he had. Now, I will grant you, during the regular season, he averaged less points and less assists than he did with the Wizards, but he's asked to do a lot less in in L.A. 
and, he's right, act, me, and he actually shot very well in 21 games for them. Well, now, do Russell I Westbrook gonna... took $3 million to play yeah. for L.A. next year. But let's let's talk about it. Like, if James was in the open market, like, especially after all this this crap happened, what is the realistic expectation in terms of, like, what could he make? I'm thinking mid-level exception. Market? Yeah, in an open market. I'm thinking mid-level exception. No, I don't some think, teams paying him 18 to 20 a year. If they're desperate. If they're desperate. Yeah, but people would be more – I think people – I get your point. I think people would be more desperate for Harden. Like – but also, this speaks to Russell Westbrook, even if he doesn't have an agent, which I'm sure he does, he knows his value and he knows what he wants. He loves L.A. He's from L.A., went to college there. He loves it out there. He knows his role. He knows that he fits the system well. And he has also made $300-plus million. So he's sitting here being like, you know what? I get to be where I want, with I want, where, like with my family, with the players I want. This is where I'm going. I'll take $3 million. This is the difference between Harden and Westbrook. And here's the crazy thing about Westbrook here. How many point guards do you hear that average? And I'm going to say take his year, oh, total year average, not just with the Clippers. He averaged almost 16 points a game, seven and a half assists, almost six rebounds, shooting 43% from the field, 31% from the three point line. How often do you hear of a point guard taking only $3 million with that stat line? Never. And this is, again, because he knows he, he, he wants, wants to take to less to help the team. Yep. He wants to win, and he wants to stay in L.A. What, and he, here's – and I, I, this is – we're so off, off topic right now, but that's okay. Here's what I'm going to say. This is proving to everybody that James Harden does not care about winning. He did it for one offseason. Congratulations. Preach. But now – he wanted to get paid. He wanted to see if he could squeeze out one last payday from Daryl Morey, who has been coddling him for almost his entire career. And Morey's like, no, you're a grown-up now. You have to understand that you're – And I said this last podcast. Morey doesn't treat co-stars well. We know yeah. this. We know, th- we know this. Okay, we saw it with Ben Simmons. We saw it with Carmelo Anthony, Wes- Russell Westbrook, James uh, – John Wall, Chris Paul, Dwight Howard. Daryl Morey does not do a great job with, you know, coddling the egos of the number two or number three guy. Okay. So like, obviously this is like so obvious that Harden doesn't want to win. Like, it's just so obvious. Like for you to consider like now the the Clippers are okay, fine. But like you put the rumor out for Houston, maybe you put it out because you thought it would be the most realistic, but also Mm -hmm. there was rumors that you actually would go. How the heck are you going to go there when you're 35, 34, like, you are old, and you're going to a team that is no shot going to win. It is like been apparently clear throughout all of this that Harden does not care if he wins. He does not. He wants the payday, and you know what? Not every athlete wants to win like that. I mean, obviously every athlete wants to win, but the level which they want to win varies clearly. And James Harden cares more about the money. And you know what? That's a business decision by him. I respect it in terms of doing the best for your career, in terms of trying to maximize your value while you're on the court. But at the end of the day, if you want to stay on the court longer, you're going to have to change. And sometimes that means taking a pay cut. Because let me tell you, I look, there are teams out there that could use James Harden this year. Minnesota Timberwolves come to mind. Imagine if he was on there. Imagine if he was on either L.A. team. Imagine if he was, like, in Miami. 
like there's a lot of teams that would be better with James Harden, but yet nobody's interested in giving up any real value to him. And it's this this like this is this is as bad as AI's fall, dude. This is as bad as AI's fall. It's just like I'm I'm sure it is hard to see, like realize you're over the hill. I know that they say professional athletes have two deaths. Like JJ Reddick says that all the time. Like like retiring is the worst thing. And it's like, okay, he doesn't have to retire, but like have a reality check, man. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, you can put up 44, but that's not consistent. So, I mean, all right, look, Harden is clearly the topic, but we touched on it last podcast and it's obviously been a topic of speculation. Whoa, Joel whoa, whoa, hang, hang on, hang on. Before you transition there, I just want to say one thing real quick. Go for it. About Harden. When it comes to James Harden, we got to look at it like this. James Harden. The value for James Harden has plummeted so bad that, you know, we're talking about him being possibly in China after this, after his contract's up. And Daryl Morey really screwed the pooch on this one because we could have had Tyrese Halliburton. We could have had I don't CJ McCall. Huh? What? I don't believe that. Dude, don't believe it was a rumor. Halliburton. It was a real rumor yeah, out there. Yeah, but that Tyrese one Halliburton. is the one I don't CJ believe. McC- CJ McCollum would be a better option at this point. Okay, okay, agreed. Like anybody else, because we wouldn't have the drama here. But Daryl Morey was too loyal for too long to James Harden that he has ruined this franchise. And now we're what you were hinting to before I interrupted is a possible rebuild. Yes, but what I was going to say just to touch on that is Hart Mori, I trust him as much as he can like be maybe Harden doesn't trust him, but when he was talking on Philly Sports Radio, he said there was he's not allowed to talk about current players in the league, so he obviously couldn't talk specifically to CJ or Tyrese. But he said specifically, very adamantly, that there was no package close to what the Nets were offering. Something like it might well, not have been that verbatim. I don't want to take that. Like, don't twist my like say that that's what he said verbatim. But it was very clear that he was implying there was not much in the realm of the Harden thing. So I don't believe that Halliburton was actually on the table. I will say one thing in response. Do you really trust Daryl? He might be. He might believe that's the case because he believed that James Harden was really worth that much. You know, I, you could be right. We. I, will not I think. Know. I think he believed that because his value for James Harden is a lot higher than anybody else. I don't think he's that oblivious though. To are, are, you sure? are you sure? Are you Are you sure? No, I'm not sure. But I would. I find it hard to believe this numbers analytic nerd is not as high on Halliburton as everyone else in the league is. I truly find I'm sure he was high on him, but he was also not Halliburton didn't have the same timeline as Joel. That's true. That is probably the point that you'll have me on. Mm -hmm. But you did say it, you hinted rebuild. Um, That's the worst case. Uh, I think you asked me last uh, podcast, if I thought one to two years, I said closer to two to three. In a week, I think I've come around to your one to two, because um, mm-hmm. I think what Maury is thinking is we'll be competitive this year, and then we'll have two max spots. You know what I think? I think if you're competitive this year and you don't make it out of the second round, Joel does not care if you have two max slots. He will not care. He will ask out. So I think that if we have a disappointing 
season this year. It does not matter what our offseason next year looks like. I, I think it would be very tough to convince Embiid. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. So, with that said... I I I just want to say, I just want to say, I agree there. And we saw it this past summer with Damian Lillard. They had a max slot open, and they used it on Jeremy Grant. Yeah, they used it on. But that's because no one wanted to go to Portland. But tell me, but how many people like, want to come says... to Philly in free? Exactly. How many, how many people come to Philly in free agency? We have the be, you know, draft or trade everybody that's wor- uh, worth a value that's provided like quality minutes to this team. The the biggest free agent splash that you could say that we've made in the last couple of years was Andre Drummond. You're like, Lucas, I completely agree with you. Like Philly should be a destination. It's one of the like five biggest cities in the country. And it's okay. Maybe now this Daryl Morey drama with Harden calling him a liar, maybe even less players want to come. Like mm-hmm. seriously, I, you're right. Philly should be a destination. It absolutely is not. So yeah, I think that's a great point with Portland. But mm-hmm. if we did go for that rebuild, obviously the centerpiece is Tyrese Maxey. Um, uh, like barring a trade, obviously, or, or mm-hmm. that we get rid of him. So let's play this GM game for a minute. If for some reason we enter a rebuild, God forbid we, hopefully we don't, who stays and who goes from the current team coming like to build around Tyrese? Well, clearly you're trading Joel, and I have a sneaky suspicion that he he's probably going to go to the Knicks. The 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 don't, things I look. Tell me, tell me a team that has a better, that has a more attractive package that would fit his timeline. Yeah, I agree with you. I just hate it. If he goes to New York, he will get he will get worse treatment in Philly than Ben Simmons. I think. I mean, look, it depends on if he asks it or not. Because I mean, I can. I'm trying to think here. Like, I don't. Look, if to we're go trading to the Joel, Knicks if over we're the Sixers, tra- I'll just say this: if we're trading Joel, that means Daryl Morey's fired, which means a new GM probably wants to start over from scratch, right? Yeah. Because if Morey's trading Joel, he's going to try to trade him for another star. That's not going to happen. We know that's not going to happen. Um, if it does, it might be Anthony Davis, but I don't see that happening, and I don't think that would be a good trade for us either. Um, yeah. Look, I don't. I can't think of a team. I can't. I think can't think of a like. Would it be ideal to trade him to a Western Conference team? Absolutely. Is there a Western Conference team out in there? division? Is the Knicks are in our division, right? Yeah, they they are. Yeah. Yeah, in division, that's crazy. And like, obviously, the speculation with like Leon Rose and 
He likes I d- just come on, man. The Knicks are a laughing stock well, for well, years. But I mean, think let's 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 play devil's advocate here for a second, okay? Let's think about what the Knicks could give us. Obviously, I think we would be able to get most, if not all, of their picks, right? Which are more yes. valuable than any picks that they've gotten in trades, right? Yeah. So we would get that. We'd easily get RJ Barrett. We'd probably get Emmanuel quickly as well. I would have liked Obi Toppin if, if they didn't trade him for pennies on the dollar. Um, maybe Quinn Grimes too. I don't know. But you you have a solid foundation there, and it doesn't um, matter. The team that wins the trade in the NBA is a team. Oh, that absolutely. The best I'm just saying, if for the purposes of the question, like who stays, who goes, I'm just thinking about like in my head. What yeah, you yeah. Get. But I'm not going to worry about who comes back in a Joel trade or James Harden trade or maybe even a Tobias Harris trade. We yeah, we haven't even talked about Tobias Harris. What happens to Tobias Harris in all this season? Let's say the Sixers start out slow. Do you trade Tobias Harris, who's on expiring? Because let's face it, Tobias hasn't been treated great by the the fans or the franchise. Minus I mean, that he's got to go. I, he's he got to go. He's got to go. So you got to trade him, and you're probably only going to get if I'm a team looking to get Tobias Harris, maybe maybe a first round, one first round pick, probably protected, maybe some seconds, maybe a role player or two. Like you're not getting a lot for Tobias Harris. Let's be clear, you're not. Actually, I would. I think the Clippers would be a great landing destination for him. I don't know, man. I this is so depressing. Yeah, uh, but I, we have to have these conversations. We no, to. you're right. We do, and and I think that like, if I'm thinking, there's no one on this team that you're like they like because yes, you're right. Harden's going to be gone in this scenario, and Bead's going to be gone. Absolutely, Harris is going to be gone. So, is there anyone on the team that you want to keep? Like Melton, maybe? Okay, Melton? okay. Yeah, yeah. Let's talk about this. Okay. So, I'm looking at the roster right now. For some reason, NBA reference, a basketball reference, does Dwayne Dedman on our roster, which makes absolutely no sense. He's not on the roster anymore. Uh, Javante Smart is at Exhibit 10. He's not going to stay. By the way, Sixers signed Javante Smart to an Exhibit 10. Played good for the Summer League, but I don't expect him to make the team G League guy for sure. You probably keep Phil Petrusev. You probably keep him. Oh, okay. That's okay. like, wow, I'm getting out of bed for Phil Petrusev. Yeah. Hey, hey, you asked me who we're keeping and who no, we're not. I know. I know. I know. I know. <laughs> okay. Okay. Know. So you're probably, you're definitely not keeping Montrez. You're probably going to try to trade him the first chance you get now that he's injured. Um, Paul Reed, you're definitely keeping Paul Reed. I say you keep Pat Bev for a culture guy in the locker so- room. Okay, yes. Okay, no, I take that. I take that one. You probably keep Mo Bamba, too. Yeah, again, actual contributors, though, you're right. Paul Reed, hope that's not, like, that's not replacing anyone, but you're hoping Paul Reed can develop. And, like, Melton. Like, those are the people you're going to, and you're right. You get quickly, if you're going talking to the Knicks, you Mm -hmm. get some more guards, you get some fast players. But, again, Mm -hmm. bunch of role players. You got to just stock on the draft picks. Here's, here's, okay, so let let me finish here. You're you're keeping all your two-way guys. You're not keeping Harris. You're not keeping Harden. You're probably not keeping Daniel House Jr. You're you're definitely trying to get off of PJ, PJ's contract. You can probably get a a protected first from him for a contender who's looking for that last piece. Joel's not here anymore. Here's a name that I think you're going to hate to hear. But it would actually make sense to keep him around at this point. 
Work on Gorkmas. <laughs> yeah, it makes sense. I agree. You're yeah, right. Look, in this I scenario, mean, it makes he, sense. He, he'd be the longest tenured player there. Gorkmas is like, I think he's he's like 26, I want to say. Hang on, let me check here. He's he, younger. It, I want to say he's younger. He is 26. He just turned 26. Okay. So he's still young, like, you know, and he's he's never going to be more than an NBA role player, but you need somebody to make shoot baskets, and he's going to be that guy. He's going to be that guy. Uh, Jaden Springer, obviously, uh, Tyrese Maxey. And unless you get a good offer, unless you get a first for Melton, I would keep Melton. Like you gave up Yeah, a first. I would keep Melton. Uh, uh, you know, backcourt of Tyrese Maxey and, and or, you know, whether you want to, you probably start Springer if you're rebuilding. But Melton coming off the bench is certainly not a bad thing. Dude, so, it would give Springer some opportunity. Mm-hmm. So the real the real position of need here in this rebuild would be power forward and small forward. And yeah, I mean and center. No. I mean like yeah, because Paul Reed's not really a starter. Unless it's Mo just, Bamba surprises us. Unless, but I mean, this is like my worst nightmare. And I know yours too. Like, can you just I don't need that. Like I have all these like Sixers t shirts from the process. You know the best one that just literally has like everyone's name who is a part of the process and it, it takes it looks like a little league t-shirt of like anyone who played in like t-ball. It's insane that like all those players were in the NBA. So mm-hmm. um it's wild. And I don't want anything to do with that. That is you, when I start to become like a hating fan. So you don't you don't have the roster pulled up in front of you, right? Not at the moment. Okay, don't do it. I'm gonna do a trivia question for you. Love this. Of the re- Players on the Sixers roster right now. We there are one, two, three, and I think that's it. Is that it? yep? Three players, because you were born in '92, right? Yeah. Okay, so was I. So there are three players born before we were born. Can you guess which three? Pat Bev. Okay, that's one. Um. <laughs> Trez? No. He was born wow. in 1994. Okay. Um, PJ Tucker. Yep, that's two. I think Tobias is our age. Yep, he was born in 92, so he would so not count. So that doesn't count. All right. Yep. So um, the third. Who I'm the surprised third? you have not gotten this one yet. Really? Because it's PJ yeah. Tucker, Pat Bev. It's not Embiid. It's not Melton or Maxi. So then you're on the bench. Wow. I don't know. Who is it? Dude, we've been talking about him the whole podcast. Harden. Oh, my gosh. It doesn't even count. <laughs> He's going to leave. <laughs> it that still counts. It's still Dude, special. I literally don't even consider him on the team. Now, that is crazy. Many, the- do you want to have another question here? How many players on this roster? I'm going to take away two-way players because that. Well, hold on. Before you ask that, yeah. the fact that I, like, I literally named the starting lineup and I put Maxi instead of Harden. So just to be clear, like, I absolutely do not consider Harden a part of this team. Okay, okay. Well, he's still officially a part of this team. So, and so does Darren Morey. So you have to go with that. Um, all right. All right. So of the current players on the team, this is going to be the last one. Ooh, we should do a trivia question moving forward on this podcast. I like that. Okay, yeah, I like that too. Do you want me to do it or do you want to do it? We oh. can alternate. Okay, we can alternate. That works. All right, so 
of the players that are currently on the roster that are not on two-way contracts, how many of them were born 2000 or after? Oof, Springer, okay. maybe Maxi. He was born in 2000. Actually, me, yes. hey, me and Maxi share the same birthday. There you go. November 4th. Um, there we go. But I'm like a lot older than him. Okay. It's got a non to a Springer, Maxi. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's got it. That's got to be it. No. For, nope, how many there's did you one say? more. One oh. more. Um, it's also not Javante Smart. Mel. Oh, no, not Melton. It's wow. Real young. Um. Oh, is it Petrosev? No, Petrosev. Yep, Petrosev. Yep, oh, all right. There we He's go. He's not of two way. I did pretty good on this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, we'll we'll have to do more Sixers trivia during the off season. I like that. Yeah, absolutely. Oh. That was fun. By the way, I, I did a, a small article. You, I did you? I don't know if you posted it yet. I haven't paid attention, but I did a best trade with Wizards history. So, were you surprised by that one? I was honestly. I, I don't think I knew a lot of the people involved. Do you want to talk about it? Yeah, I mean, we can talk about it briefly. We're we're just about done wrapping this up. But so I a couple summers ago, Jonathan. I don't even know if you were part of the website when when I started this. So a couple summers ago, uh, during the off season, I was struggling with ideas, and then somebody suggested to me about doing the best trade in franchise history with X team. So over the like for like two off seasons, I worked on it. And I got through all of them except for the Wizards. And then recently when I was looking at like my page views, I saw them popping up again because they usually pop up during the offseason. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, I never did the Wizards. So I decided to do the Wizards uh, one. And I had to do a little bit of digging. You can find all the trade history for any teams on Basketball Reference, by the way. People that are interested in becoming writing or just wanting to know their team history. So you find that on Basketball Reference. And um, hang on, let me pull up the six or cents here. Da-da-da. That's an interesting storyline, though. Best trades with a specific team. I like that. You know, you could probably now that I'm done that, you could probably do like worst team trades with each team. Absolutely. Yeah, that's that's not a bad one. But so this was a hard one to find. I'm not going to lie. Um, but I had to go all the way back to 1971. And the trade was the Sixers traded. uh Archie Clark, who was at the end of his prime, and a, two, uh, a 1972 second-round pick that became Louis Nelson, who barely played in the NBA, for Fred yeah. Carter and Kevin La- Lowry. I guess that's how you say his name. I'm not sure. This but, um, before our time. Yeah, clearly before our time. Um, <laughs> even before Uriah's time. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah, I'm, I'm taking shots here. No, I'm just kidding, Uriah. I love you, buddy. But, um, <laughs> No, so Fred Carter was entering his prime when he came with the Sixers. Didn't the Sixers weren't really good in the mid seventies, but he was there. He he was one of their best scorers. His best season came. He averaged like eighteen point eight points with the Sixers during those six years, and had his best season in seventy four seventy five when he averaged twenty almost twenty two points per game. Ah, oh, excuse me, sorry, I almost had the sneeze there. Stop myself though. Whew. And then uh, Kevin Lowry, who only played like a, a another season after the trade, still played. He still played good before he retired, and he uh, averaged around thirteen points, I want to say. So yeah, and like I said, I did a whole entire series. So if you're listening and you, the Sixers aren't your team, uh, you have a team that you you're interested in, 
you can probably find it there. It's just called best trade in team history with blank team. Sixers, colon, best tra- trade in team history with blank. So I don't even know how well that did, actually. I need to check uh, I need to check my stats. But anyway, um, yeah, no, going back, some of these were really time capsule ones. This one was when the Wizards were called the Baltimore Bullets, believe it or not. This is when they were still in Baltimore. Yeah, it's a long time ago. Yeah, absolutely. But on that note, Jonathan, it's getting late. Let's go ahead and wrap this thing up. Yep, absolutely. Thanks, everyone, again for listening. We really appreciate it. Um, continue to read our stuff over the Sixer Cents. Go read Lucas's series on best trades with specific teams. Definitely extremely interesting and gives you some good history. Um, and continue to listen to us. You can subscribe and listen to us on Apple, Spotify, Google, anywhere that you listen to your podcast. We really appreciate it. And until next time, as always, go Sixers. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.